and good afternoon, GRN listeners across the South and Central Texas listening area. This is your live and local program. This is In His Vineyard. I'm Sean, your host for the program every Monday at noon. I'm also your general manager for the Guadalupe Radio Network's South and Central Texas listening area. Thank you to everyone tuning in from Marble Falls, Fredericksburg, Kerrville, and New Valley, and right here in good old San Antonio. Uh, we're grateful that you've decided to spend this hour joining us in getting caught up in all things Catholic in South and Central Texas. Joining me as my co-host for the program is Trish Lujan. How are you, Trish? I'm doing great, Sean. Thank you so much. And on this program, we try bringing you a variety of informative discussions highlighting different people, ministries, and events going on in the Archdiocese of San Antonio and parts of the Diocese of Austin. Today, we'll be talking with Father David Michael Moses, parochial vicar of Christ the Good Shepherd Catholic Church in Spring, Texas. Father David Michael will be hosting uh, actually a concert at the Fullness of Truth Conference taking place right uh, on August 19th through the 21st. He's actually going to be in concert uh, that opening evening, mm-hmm. um, you know, right around 5.30, I believe it is. So it's going to be awesome. Uh, and before we get to all of that, uh, let's get today's program the way uh, we should, you know, let's get, the, to get today's program started Amen. the way we should do all <laughs> things. Uh, and that is in prayer. Amen. So wherever you might be, uh, let's pray that the Lord would make his will known to us uh, and pray for that grace to accomplish his will in loving obedience. So please join me in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Father in heaven, all creation rightly gives you praise for all life and holiness come from you. In the plan of your wisdom, she who bore the Christ in her womb was raised body and soul in glory to be with him in heaven. May we follow her example in reflecting your holiness and join in her hymn of endless love and praise. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Mary, Queen of all saints. Pray for us. Mary, Queen conceived without original sin. Pray for us. Mary, Queen assumed into heaven. Pray for us. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Uh, So we do continue to pray for the repose of the soul of Bishop John Yanta. Uh, Bishop Yanta did pass away back on August 6th at the age of 90. Arrangements have been set. Um, So here in the San Antonio area, uh, if you, um, you know, if you are interested in in paying your respects uh, to the late bishop, um, you've got uh, tomorrow, uh, Tuesday, August 16th, visitation will begin at 1 p.m. There will be a rosary at 2.30. This will all take place at St. James Church at 907 West Theo. Uh, And in the evening, uh, tomorrow, uh, the visitation uh, will begin at 5 p.m. and rosary at 7 p.m at St. Paul's Church at 350 Sutton Drive in San Antonio. So again, events for tomorrow uh, for the services, uh, you know, visit or the visitation and rosary. Um, the, early, the, the early one will be 1 p.m. Um, at St. James Church, uh, rosary at 2.30. St. Paul's Church uh, will begin at 5 p.m. with the recitation, um, you know, of, or excuse me, the visitation beginning at 5 and the rosary at 7. Wednesday, the 17th, a funeral mass at 10 a.m. at San Fernando Cathedral uh, there on Main Plaza, uh, celebrated by uh, His Excellency Archbishop Gustavo Garcia Sierra. 
Uh, and Father Carlos Velasquez, uh, you know, the cathedral rector will be given the homily. Uh, also Wednesday, visitation beginning at 5 p.m. and a rosary at 7 at the Immaculate Conception of the Blessed Virgin Mary Church uh, in Panamaria. Okay, so again, for Wednesday, August 17th, funeral mass at 10 a.m. at San Fernando, uh, and Wednesday evening, uh, visitation and rosary beginning at 5 uh, in Panna Maria, uh, the Immaculate Conception of the Blessed Virgin Mary Church. And Thursday, uh, August 18th, the funeral mass at the Immaculate Conception Church in Panna Maria will begin at 9 a.m. with the reception to follow. Uh, Bishop, uh, you know, Mike Bellet, uh will be, you know, celebrating that mass. Uh, again, that's a lot to take in, folks. So I would encourage you to visit the Archdiocesan website at www.archsa.org. Uh, and again, you'll be able to get all the information for the different times and the different places uh, to celebrate, of course, uh, the life of Bishop Yanta uh, and also to pray for the repose of his soul. Uh, I also want to bring up the fact that we've got a San Antonio prayer breakfast uh, that we're going to be putting on. A GRN is, uh, you know, this is be the first prayer breakfast that we're putting on since, uh, you know, since COVID. Right. Uh, so mm-hmm. the last one that we had was in 2019. This is going to take place at Fish City Grill over over there on Culebra and 1604. Uh, this is going to be Wednesday, September 7th from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Join us, please, for prayer, reflection, and a keynote, uh, you know, address uh, sure to inspire all of us. Again, uh, for more information to register, you can go to our website at grnonline.com and click on local events for all the information. And, and again, I've got to talk about fullness of truth. This thing yes. is fast approaching. Uh, it's going to be taking place, you know, the, you know, August, you know, this coming Friday mm-hmm. uh, through Sunday, August 19th through the 21st. Uh, lots in store for that one. For more information, go to fullnessoftruth.org. Father David Michael Moses is going to be putting on a concert opening night. Uh, we've got Bishop Joseph Strickland, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Bishop of Tyler, Texas. He's going to be celebrating Holy Mass at eight o'clock on Saturday. Uh, and our very own, uh, you know, auxiliary bishop, uh, Bishop Gary Yannick is going to be celebrating Holy Mass at 1030 on Sunday. So you don't want to miss it. Please go to fullnessoftruth.org um, to, you know, register and, uh, you know, and, and attend this wonderful family fun event. Uh, we've got the San Antonio Family Association Dove Hunt coming up. Uh, again, folks, if you haven't gone out to this event, uh, this is going to be taking place um, on September 1st, which is the opening day hunt, mm-hmm. and then September 5th, which is the Labor Day hunt, and capping off the hunt on Labor Day is going to be the SAFA or San Antonio Family Association Benefit Steak Dinner. <laughs> Keynote address going to be given by Father David Wagner on, uh, you know, marriage being the, you know, the bedrock of the family. So it's going to be awesome. These are awesome events, Sean. Wow. We also have some more events, though. Um, this is from the St. Helena Church. Uh, come join us for a family fun night with our St. Helena Church and the Knights of Columbus Bingo! (laughs) On Saturday, August 27th from 6.30 to 10.30 p.m. 
they are asking specifically for donations for door prizes in the form of a $25 gift card, folks. So the gift cards can be from any retail, retailer, HEB, Target, Walmart, etc., or even Amazon. So please bring your gift cards to the parish office and help them with their wonderful and fun event. Or you can contact Deacon Gabe at 210-347-5597. And then we also have the San Antonio Catholic Community Acts Retreat, and that's happening. Women of all faiths who have served or are serving in the armed forces are welcome. Come and experience a weekend focusing on your faith and its application to daily life, your presence at the liturgy and building purpose in your prayer life, all while cultivating friendships among other military women in the San Antonio area church community. That takes place August 18th, through the 21st at St. Pa- St. Anthony de Padua Retreat Center. Please contact Pat at 210-323-1812. And that's Pat at 210-323-1812. And lastly, we have Our Lady of the Hills. They opened their doors August 19th, 2002. This community has been a big part of the success to celebrate their 20th anniversary. On Saturday, August 20th, they have the Mass of Thanksgiving at 11 a.m. with Auxiliary Bishop Michael Boulette and the Our Lady of, of, at the Our Lady of the Hills campus. And that's located Beverly Peef House Chapel. Did I say that right? I think so. And that's <laughs> yeah, actually sorry. in Kerrville. Oh, so, Kerrville. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So that's taking place in Kerrville and that military, uh, that, that axe retreat is actually a military women's right. axe retreat. So active duty women, active or, you know, active duty women, um, you know, military veteran women, yes. you know, this axe mm-hmm. retreat is for you. Uh, so please, you know, be sure to sign up, uh, call, uh, Miss Pat. Uh, she is awesome. She's doing a great job uh, with her team, uh, out there. So we're very excited, uh, to be able to, to promote that event. But yes, they're still taking registration, uh, and that is going to be taking place this weekend, in, in fact. Uh, so, folks, we've got a, a wonderful program lined up for you today. We'll be speaking to Father David Michael Moses, Yay. parochial vicar at Christ the Good Shepherd Don't Catholic Church uh, there in Spring, Texas. Uh, so, again, that music means that we're going to take a short break, uh, but you will definitely want to listen in on this, uh, um, you know, on, on yes. this interview. Uh, you're in. You're, you're going to be in for a treat. So, don't change the station. <laughs> we will be right back. Amen. have often viewed belief in God as wishful thinking, a projection of an idea because man fears death. But is this a fair claim? The answer is no, and here are some reasons why. First, not everyone accepts God's existence for this reason. There are many who acknowledge His existence on the grounds of reasonable arguments. Second, even if someone does believe in God for this reason, it says nothing whether or not the proposition, God exists, is true. And finally, third, the theist could turn the table and say atheists reject God simply because they're scared of a divine rule maker and don't want to submit. Obviously, this is not evidence that can be used in support of theism. So, is atheism justified because belief in God is wishful thinking? Absolutely not. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. 
Fullness of Truth invites you to their 16th annual Summer Catholic Family Conference, August 19th through the 21st at the beautiful Hyatt Regency Hill Country Resort and Spa in San Antonio. Come see some amazing speakers such as Deacon Harold, Burke Sivers, Jeanette Williams, and much more. Also, be sure to purchase your tickets for the Friday Family Fun Night featuring a live concert with Father David Michael Moses. Purchase your tickets now. Visit fullnessoftruth.org or call 877-218-7884. And welcome back, folks. This is your live and local program. I'm Sean, your host and general manager for the South and Central Texas listening area. I have the pleasure now of introducing you to Father David Michael Moses, parochial vicar at Christ the Good Shepherd Catholic Church in Spring, Texas. Uh, Good afternoon, Father. How are you doing today? I am doing great. Thank you so much for having me on. Been looking forward to this. Yes, uh, and we have too, Father. I know... um, You've been part of, uh, you know, different events and such uh, there in the Houston area. Um, Christ the Good Shepherd is out there in spring, as I mentioned, um, and our, you know, GRN counterparts, uh, you know, there in in the Houston area, Tim Mott and Tim over there have had the pleasure of, of chatting with you. So I'm super excited to to get into this conversation. Uh, now, for those of our listeners that, that aren't, you know, familiar with you, um, would you please start us off maybe with, you know, um, a... A brief introduction, you know, uh, I know that you're newly ordained, um, you've, you know, you're, you're from the Houston area. Can you just tell our listeners about a little bit about yourself, maybe a little bit about your own um, vocation journey? Uh, and let's start there. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. So as you mentioned, I'm Father David Michael Moses. I know it's kind of a mouthful. It's my parents' fault. Um, they, they gave me a long name uh, growing up. I went by David Michael, and now I go by, by Father David Michael, which is even longer. I, I did think about going by Father Moses, which is my <laughs> last name, but that sounds like I'm like 140 years old. You know, it just doesn't exactly fit my face at 28. Um, so people go by Father David Michael. Grew up here in Houston, as you mentioned, the fifth of six kids. My parents were converts to the Catholic faith. And, um, you know, didn't think too much about priesthood until I went on a silent retreat when I was 16 years old. And really just praying there with the Lord in front of the Blessed Sacrament, I felt him saying, it might be you, it might be you. And at one point, the director of the treat said, you should really choose the vocation that will make you a saint. And that just really hit me as, as priesthood. And uh, I didn't know why that was, so I spent the next few years praying a lot, going to adoration, going to daily mass, and really just fell in love with how, how a priest can help people. I thought, more, what more could I do for someone? then literally give them Jesus in the Eucharist and forgive their sins and confession. And uh, along the way, the Lord gave me, gave me what I needed each of those moments that, you know, it was, it was difficult, lots of ups and downs as the faith journey always is. Um, but I was just ordained a priest three years ago and it's just been the greatest blessing of my life. I was 25 when I was ordained and um, 28 now. And uh, it has just been an, an incredible blessing being, uh, being a father to others. Amen. Praise Jesus. And we are grateful for your yes uh, in serving God's people. Uh, I want to go back to something that you just mentioned. So your parents are converts to the faith. Um, I, I would ask, you know, what was the faith like growing up uh, in, in your household? You're, you're the, you know, you're, you come from a family of, of um, five other siblings, um, as you mentioned, right? Uh, what was the faith like, uh, you know, growing up? Yeah, yeah. So I think because they were converts, to the faith, and they actually converted with both of my dad's siblings and their spouses. So all wow. six of them came to church at the same Easter vigil, um, which is pretty unique. And a big part of it for them was was the teachings of the church, particularly on the sanctity of human life and on the Eucharist. For them, it was like, man, the Catholic Church has this stuff figured out. 
this is, and then they had a lot of obstacles. It was hard for them, but they eventually you know, came in. And, and because of that, um, they, they took that faith very seriously as a real gift, you know, and, and they, they instilled that in us. Um, I think one of the main things they did is my dad was the head of the altar servers at the parish growing up and uh, really instilled in me a love for that, being close to Jesus in the Eucharist as, right. as an altar server, really framed my week. You know, it helped me come to realize that, you know, the Mass is, this is the most important thing I'm doing each week. If, if this is legit, then this should be a real priority for me. Um, and that was always, always the lens. I should probably mention that my dad out in Corpus Christi um, did a lot of pro-life work before I was born. Mm-hmm. And um, actually, I mean, it was all in accord with the bishops, so I wouldn't recommend anyone go to this on their own, but in accord with the bishop of the diocese, they did a lot of peaceful protests outside of abortion clinics. And he went to jail about 13 times. Wow. At one point, he was sentenced to six months. And so I grew up hearing these stories from my parents about, them being willing to literally leave everything to follow Jesus. And that framed for me um, my entire life and my discernment to say, like, hey, if, if, if dad's willing to go to jail for this stuff and mom's willing to be at home with all the kids while he does that, and, and they are rejoicing in that, that opportunity, then whatever the Lord asks of me, um, I should be willing to do. You know, it's all on the table. It's all on the table. And so that was really the backdrop for my discernment. Um, and just is super grateful for that gift that they gave me. Hey, man, Father David Michael, this is Trish Lujan here. I'm here with Sean, and and I am just in awe and so blessed to be able to talk to you right now. I'm a homeschool mom. And awesome. <laughs> I was just telling Sean, um, I, yeah, like, yeah, Father David Michael is a homeschool. You know, he's a fellow homeschooler. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I have a 13-year-old daughter, and as I was doing, um, you know, just looking you up and everything, uh, I, I played your music for her. And she was just like, Mom, is that a priest? And I was just like, <laughs> yes, yes, this is Father David Michael. She's like, I could totally get behind that. So you you have made a fan of our family. And I just love reading about your, you know, everything that you just said. Can you talk to us more about Maybe, uh, you know, did that have something to do with your, your, your call to priesthood? Or uh, yeah, if you could talk to us a little bit about that, that would be great. The homeschooling specifically? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, of course, of course. Um, yeah, the, I was very grateful to have been homeschooled growing up. And, and really what it meant is obviously a lot of good paths, right? And not every family has the right resources right. to do any specific thing. But I think for me to have my parents, um, forming us and, and really being the primary formator. That would be a term we use in seminary, like formation. The primary formator for me in my life during the day, in the mornings, in the evenings. We always had a lot of social time, but all of with other kids, right? With other people in various, um, in various settings. But for them to be the one, the kind of the lens that was teaching us about the truth and about how to live, I think was a huge, a huge gift for me. And my mom was so good, as I'm, I'm sure you are at really kind of catering to the needs of the child. Each of us, she homeschooled very differently. Yes. And um, I'm really thankful for that. I know it was a lot of work on her part, <laughs> but it, it enabled me to, as you mentioned, like music, I was able to like really explore that in a lot of ways, yes. not something I was interested in and to do a lot of creative things with education that helped me to kind of accelerate through stuff. Um, so I'm sure that had a huge effect. And I'm very grateful they, they made the sacrifice and invested the time to do that. And I understand you were not named until three days after you were born, correct? <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's right. So my my uh, parents thought I was going to be a girl. Yeah. So I was Abigail for nine months in the womb. <laughs> Baby Abigail. And then I was born and my mom said, oh, Abigail, Abigail. 
you're a boy. And uh, so, yeah, there was, there was no name for three days. And I will say, too, my, my dad wanted a son named Michael so bad. Mm-hmm. But my mom kept shooting it down with my older siblings because she had uh, dated a guy in high school named Michael. And she thought that if she named one of her kids that he found out about, about it, that he'd freak out and think that she was still into him or something. So they kind of softened it with David. I mean, it was kind of an absurd reason. But they softened it with David, and I've I've always gone by, I've always gone by both, which has sometimes been confusing. I remember I had a swim meet when I was growing up. I was probably six or seven, and they kept calling David for his event. David better come. David better come. And I thought, man, this David kid's got to get it together. And I did not realize they were talking about me because everybody who knew me called me called me David Michael. So uh, I've been thankful to have it. You know that that is awesome, Father David Michael. Uh, and for our listeners tuning in who may be, you know, asking, why is the GRN in South and Central Texas, you know, talking to this, uh, you know, parish priest, you know, there in the arch, you know, the in the Archdiocese of Galveston, Houston? Well, I, I want to let everybody know, you know, Father David Michael Moses is going to be performing um, a in in concert, you know, for the upcoming Fullness of Truth Conference taking place here in San Antonio at the Hyatt um, Hill Country. Country Resort, um, you know, from August 19th through the 21st. And actually opening night, um, you know, Father David Michael, as I mentioned, is going to be doing that concert. Now, before I get into that, Father, I, I want to talk about, you know, your your musical, uh, you know, talents, right? Uh, so at, at some point you thought, wow, I can use my talents to, you know, glorify God and to use that talent to bring others closer to, to Christ. So at what point um, and maybe at what age did you realize that this was something that you were pretty good at and that you could use this as an evangelization tool? Well, my, uh, my parents always were encouraging of us exploring different things and instruments. So I started taking piano lessons when I was maybe five or six years old um, and did that for a little while and then kind of transitioned over to the guitar um, as well. And then really fell in love for me with, with, with writing music. You know, I thought anybody can play someone else's songs. Only I can play my songs, right? Wow. So. The first song I wrote was about um, our dog, Daisy, and it was a really terrible song, but uh, it kind of got me going, and uh, after that, uh, I probably, you know, started writing songs when I was maybe 10 or 11, and uh, wow. started writing songs, picked up other instruments along the way, the drums, the bass, ukulele, harmonica, that kind of stuff, and then the summer before I entered seminary, my dad, as I mentioned, has always been involved with a lot of pro-life work, mm-hmm. and uh, they usually do like big dinners and stuff for the pregnancy help centers. And those are very effective and they're great. But he was like, man, we want to do something different as a fundraiser. You've been writing all this music. You play all these instruments. Why don't we do like a concert? We call it the Concert for Life and make it a benefit concert for this pregnancy help centers here in Houston. And uh, so we did. And we had no idea really what to expect. I think my parents even really didn't know like how this was going to go, what I was going to do. But we had about 300 people come, raised about $70,000 for the centers and just had a lot of fun. And uh Almost every year since then, we've continued to, to do it. It's funny, when I entered seminary, I kind of thought, like, hey, that music thing was fun, I guess, uh, but, but we're moving on to priesthood now, and we'll drop the music stuff. And uh, what really I found time and time again is that when you give your life to the Lord, He doesn't want to strip you of all the gifts that He gave you, the gifts that He purposely gave you for something. Instead, He wants to use what you are for something a lot bigger than yourself and to put your gifts in, in His service. And so um, it's been kind of crazy how it's grown over the years, that, that benefit concert that we do. Um, we now have a bunch of other priests that come, and they play in the band. I still write all the music. And we just had ours about two, week, two weeks ago here in Houston, had about 2,000 people raised over $100,000 and um, just had a lot of fun. You know, what I love about music is that it's something that's good in itself, 
right? It's not something we use to some other end. It's good in itself. And there's something beautiful, and that even connects, I think, with the, div- with the divinity, uh, with, with the divine, and that it's good in itself, and there's something heavenly about that. Um, so, yeah, I love playing music, and I'm really excited for the, for the concert we'll do over at the Fullness of Truth Conference. Amen. Now, Father, you mentioned something earlier about your parents, and I just wanted to see if I can get this question in. You said that, or you said that you, uh, you mentioned your mom and your dad, of course, had a great impact on your life and, and your call to your discernment to priesthood. Were they uh, happy initially about your decision to be a priest? Great question. <laughs> so um, I asked, yes. I remember I told my, my mom, and she you know, she was like, okay, but she was, you know, she definitely received it um, in, in kind of a guarded way. I, she said, uh, you know, you have to be celibate as a priest, and I want you to be happy. I don't know if you'll be happy. I know you always wanted to get married, you know. Um, and then my dad, this was funny, he, he said, I told him, and he kind of paused for a second and said, I always wanted a son who was a priest, but I didn't want it to be you. <laughs> and when he said that, I didn't really know what he meant. Later, I kind of realized, you know, him and I have a lot in common. And um, we connect a lot of things, and he kind of thought he'd be losing me a little bit if I began a priest. Um, but I think the opposite's been true. Like my relationship with my parents has grown and deepened so much as I've become kind of a spiritual father myself. And um, over time, they both, I mean, um, really grew into it as well. And we're just the perfect balance, I would say, as parents um, of encouraging, like, hey, if the Lord wants, wants this for you, you know, we're behind it 100%. But also, like in seminary, if you drive home, you know, one day, that's fine, too. Like, there's no pressure on you at all. So uh, my parents were pretty much just perfect throughout the process, which I'm really grateful for. You know, let me ask you, uh, Father David Michael, um, speaking of seminary uh, and using these, you know, the, these talents, you had said earlier that, you know, when God blesses you with these talents, he's not blessing you with these talents uh, in order to take them away from you when you give your yes, right? Um, so when, when you're in the seminary, uh, can you paint for us maybe a, a picture of what that was like being able to, to, to congregate and fellowship uh, with fellow seminarians and uh, maybe at, at times where you would be able to gather and, and use your musical talents, maybe someone else... Uh, uh, you know, could can use their vocal talents. You know, what was that like? Oh yeah, that's one of the gifts that you don't think about. I think in discernment, you because discernment's very much between you and God, right? Mm-hmm. If God called me to seminary, called me to priesthood, and then you show up at the seminary and you realize, oh my gosh, God has given me a community of men who want what I want um, to help form me and, and to help form them um, into what He He wants. You know, I kind of thought I mentioned before that I. I kind of thought when I became a priest, I was kind of going on my own, you know, and like, okay, I'd have to just um, kind of figure this out. And instead, right now, especially in the church, right now, the Lord is raising up an army of young men who want to be saints and want to be great leaders who are going to be priests. And it is just one of the greatest gifts of my priesthood to have other men um, on the same page with me, encouraging and supporting me in all of this. Um, it's just, I just actually just got off the phone call with one of my best friends. You know, I'm always talking to the guys about different things. Yeah. And in seminary, you know, certainly to begin to experience that is, is a beautiful thing. Um, in music, yeah, playing the choir, the scholar for mass, singing for things, various seminary functions, we, we jam together. Um, but also with things like sports and stuff, yeah. playing basketball together and soccer. And there's all kinds of things um, in terms of re- recreation and community and right. fraternity that just makes seminary a ton of fun. And I don't think guys guys get that when they're discerning. It's kind of a blast. <laughs> well, you know, the, that music means we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to continue with this awesome conversation with Father David Michael Moses, parochial vicar at Christ the Good Shepherd Catholic Church out of Spring, Texas. Don't change the station. We will be right back.
friends, Deacon Harold Burke Sivers here, and I am personally inviting you to join me for the Fullness of Truth Family Conference from August 19th to the 21st at the Hyatt Hill Country Resort in San Antonio, Texas. This year's theme is Fatima Today. I will be giving two talks. This conference is so important because the messages of the Blessed Virgin Mary, especially at Fatima, are a light that cuts through the darkness of the culture of woke and cancel and deplatforming that is destroying the faith of so many. Don't wait another minute. Register today. Go to fullnessoftruth.org forward slash Fatima. That's fullnessoftruth.org forward slash Fatima to register today. I cannot wait to see you there. It is here where you'll find the best marriage counselor, greatest healer, wisest teacher, and closest friend. It's a place where you'll escape the chaos of the world and find the lasting peace that only comes from God. Jesus is personally waiting to embrace you now with his divine mercy and healing love. Jesus is calling you home to his sacred heart today. I need a mercy. I need a savior. Welcome back, folks, to your live and local program. This is In His Vineyard. I'm Sean, your host for the program every Monday at noon, having this awesome conversation with Father David Michael Moses, parochial vicar at Christ the Good Shepherd Catholic Church in Spring, Texas. And before we went to break, we were talking about how, you know, Father would and his fellow seminarians, uh, you know, when he was in the seminary, they would use those talents that God had blessed them with uh, to really come together. Uh, now, Father, to pick up you know, where we left off, uh, you were saying that y'all would have a, these jam out sessions and, and things of that nature. Um, how important do you think it is, Father, that young men discerning, you know, the, the seminary, discerning the priesthood, understand that yes you can do these things you can you can you know uh get together and 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 play sports you you know it's not just praying litanies and holy hours all day you know what how important is that yeah yeah well i think the incarnation right incarnation of jesus god becoming man taking on flesh yeah what that means for our lives is that they're not just supposed to be spiritual right the spiritual is obviously primary in what we're pursuing but angels are pure spirits. All they need to do is litanies and that kind of thing. Right. As human beings, we have body and spirit, body and soul. So we need to pray litanies for sure. We need to go to mass. We need to go to confession. But we also have bodies, which means we need music, right? We need to hear. We need to have conversations with other people. We need to talk. We need to share meals together, right? That is a part of human life and a part of, of the very life of God in the person of Jesus Christ. Amen. So I think that stuff is, is extremely important. And it's not just – I remember somebody said, you know, priests are – um, it's great that, you know, as priests, you're also human. And I thought, the only way you can be a priest is if you're human, right? That's, that's the very <laughs> yeah. foundation of priesthood, Amen. is to be a, a human, to be a, a male, you know, the human race. That's, that's the foundation of it. So the Lord wants to use that and wants to raise that in a beautiful way for God's people in the priesthood. Amen. Um, as I was mentioning earlier, uh, you're going to be given a, a concert 
for the Fullness of Truth Conference. And before we get into that, uh, I want to talk about your own personal experience with the Fullness of Truth Conference. Obviously, they've been around for a long time. This is actually, I believe, their 16th annual conference that they're hosting right here in in San Antonio. Uh, What has your history with the Fullness of uh, Truth Conference been? And what have those personal experiences that you've been able to take away that you can share uh, with those contemplating attending this awesome conference? Yeah, yeah. Well, I've been around them my, my whole life. You know, I grew up out in Corpus Christi, and so they had some there. And then also here in Houston, been around them. And, um, you, you know, in today's world, I think kind of the heart of it is uh, we're so distracted by so many things. And even in the church, there could be some di- some division at times, and that's what the devil the devil wants, right? So it is so important for us to come together and realize in today's world, hey, as Catholics, we're not alone, right? There is a community here. And I thought that the Fullness of Truth Conferences can bring that community together so people can see that and experience that, especially in an environment that's going to help grow the faith and catechize and form us, I think is, is really, really important. Um, and that's in every aspect. Obviously, the speakers are great, but the liturgies are beautiful. I mean, the, ones, the people they have do the music for the liturgies, um, that, that's always been really touching for me. Um, so I think it's a, it's a really great thing. And uh, it, it's definitely a sacrifice of time, right, to come, but I think that investment the Lord takes that and turns it into something even greater. Amen. Amen. Thank you for bringing that up, Father. You know, um, you mentioned distraction and, and community and how events like these bring the community together. And, you know, I, I, uh, I, I, I read somewhere that you were talking about how God didn't create this world for us to be alone. He created this world for us to be in community with each other. And I thought that was very beautiful. And the fullness of truth, the theme is Fatima Today, Heaven's Strategy for Spiritual Warfare. Can you talk to us, and especially today, the solemnity of the Assumption of the Blessed Virgin Mary, um, can you talk to us and, and to our, our listeners about your relationship with Mary, either growing up or what was, what was her role in your life? Yeah, yeah. Well, family, my family definitely instilled in me the, the rosary, right? We used to pray. I remember <laughs> we had a big basket of all the rosaries. You've yes. spent a good amount of time untangling them. And then we each got our rosary <laughs> and, then, and then prayed together as a family. And that was a big part of forming my, my spiritual life. And then especially in my discernment as I, I realized, you know, this is the devotion of, of, of so many of the great saints, right? You know, so if you want to be in union with Jesus, you want to be in union with his mom. But I will say, I'm not sure I totally understood Mary's Mary's real place in the church until uh, I, I kind of got older and understood more of my relationship to my mom, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I, there's an experience I talk about. Uh, I only been ordained maybe a few months as a priest, and I was back home, kind of South Houston, for my day off. It's about an hour from the parish, and I'm there my day off, and I wake up in the morning, and I'm coming downstairs, and my mom goes, David Michael, I'm so sorry. Um, I just had a call from a lady at church. One of her friends is, is dying, and they need a priest to go anoint and the parish preaches out, do you think you could go, right? And so, of course, you know, I, we ended up working it out. Somebody else was actually on their way, so it was fine. But I was laughing that morning because I thought, gosh, it's my day off, right? <laughs> I'm, you know, an hour from the parish, right? I'm not checking my email. I'm not checking my phone calls. But they knew exactly where to find me because they knew my mom, <laughs> right? They knew my mom. And I thought, gosh, that is so mm-hmm. true of Mary and Jesus that, yes, you know, you can go directly to the sun, right? And there's something really good about that. Mm-hmm. I'll even add to that too. Like people, people can send me emails and give me phone calls, right? And I take those. But if I'm not responding to someone's phone call or email and they know my mom, right? I get a call from her and they say, no, Susie said you haven't answered their emails about confession <laughs> for the retreat on Saturday. Are you going? 
And of course, I answer my mom real quick, and I answer Susie real quick, and I do what she wants, you know? And so, yes, you can talk directly to the son, um, but sometimes the fastest way is through the heart of the mother. And that is just so true of our life here and so true of the relationship with with Mary and and Jesus. And, And that relationship between them, I mean, yes, Mary was perfect. She's the mother of God. Yes, Jesus was God. But again, with the incarnation there, um, it was a real relationship, right? Which is why, for me, people who try to frame this love and admiration of Mary as some kind of idolatry, it's like, mm-hmm. gosh, like if, if you don't think Mary was important to Jesus, then you do not understand the relationship between a mother and a son. Because mm-hmm. if you know what it's like to have a mother and a son who love each other, then then you'd have a sense of, of what exactly... Mary must have meant to Jesus, mm-hmm. right? The way she held him in her womb, birthed him, nursed him, loved him, cared for him. Um, if Jesus is important to you, then Mary really needs to be important to you too, right? Um, and I would add to that also something I've been reflecting a lot recently is is <laughs> people sometimes try to act like, you know, love of Mary, veneration of Mary, is like takes away from Jesus mm-hmm. in, in some sense. And again, going to my own mom, right? You know, people all the time will tell her, hey, you, you must be so proud of David Michael, right? Right. And for my mom to say, like, uh, for my mom <laughs> to be, like, jealous of me would be <laughs> absurd, right? right. Is, yes. is there a less competitive relationship, the relationship between a mother and a son, right? Mm-hmm. Like, my victories are her victories, mm-hmm. completely. Mm-hmm. Her victories are my victories, and that's because I, I lived in her for nine months, right? Like, we cannot be that intimate relationship there is unlike anything else in the world. And so to to try to put a division between Mary and Jesus, that in some way honoring her is going to bother him or honoring him is going to bother. I mean, it's just, it's so outside of the reality of, of, of the family network. Right. So that's the way I look at it is, is actually let's, let's, let's bring it down a notch and say like, what's actually going on here? And if you understand that this is truly like the beauty of a relationship between a mother and a son, then I think, then we start to actually see what's going on with Mary. And then we kind of take those steps to see, oh my gosh, like she's the mother of Jesus. She's the mother of God. She, she was pure without sin. That's how he, one of the ways in which he honored his mother who he loved so much. Um, and then, you know, talk about the assumption today, right? Her being without sin, her raising up, being queen of heaven, being the queen of heaven, being, you know, crowned as the queen of heaven, of course that son wants that for his mother, right? The very mother who bore him. It, it makes all the sense in the world, right? Amen. 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 Yeah, Father. Uh, again, this is, uh, you know, Sean, um, I had a... I had a question that was, you know, as you were you were talking about that, um, I was also thinking about again the, you know, you coming out to the to the fullness of truth conference. I mean, it's a sacrifice on your part too uh, to break away uh, for for these, you know, for this time uh, to be able to share your talents, your time and your talents, uh, you know, with with the community uh, that's going to be in attendance out there. Um, I couldn't help but think because you know you're 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 young in age, um, and you know in you're young in your ordination. Um, but you probably relate very well to young people. Mm-hmm. Um, can I assume that? I mean, it, it, would you say that's the case? <laughs> I don't know if I'm the, the best judge, but I definitely do what I can. <laughs> Amen. I, I want to ask you, when it comes to uh, you know, a, a conference, a family conference like Fullness of Truth um, you know, here, uh, what would your, you know, why, you know, why, should a, you know, someone maybe uh, in their teens who, who maybe, uh, you know, maybe, 
offering up a little resistance to, to mom and dad into attending something like this. You know, what, what's in it for them? You know, what, what would you say, you know, is important for them to come out, to surround themselves with, with you know, faithful, you know, spirit-filled, uh, you know, Catholics? You know, why is it important for them, Father? Right. Yeah, so what I would say in that situation, I think that's a, a common situation that you mentioned, right? You know, part of growing up naturally yeah. is that you sometimes feel a little resistance to things. You're kind of finding, finding where you are in the world. And I, I tend to tell young people, hey, you know, you can, I'm, I'm a big believer, you can have what you want in this life. You can really have what you want. If what you want is money, you can probably work hard enough to make a bunch of money, right? If what you want to have is pleasure, oh yeah, in today's world, you can eat enough, enough Chick-fil-A and watch enough Netflix to feel good <laughs> a lot of the time, right? If what you want is for people to like you primarily, you can probably talk to people and cave to them and to their demands in a certain way that a lot of people will like you, right? If you want it, you can, you can probably have that, but is that really all you want in this life? Like I'm a, I'm a priest, not because money and popularity and pleasure were too much for me. I'm a priest because those things were not nearly enough for me. Amen. I wanted more out of life than that. And for young people, gosh, I hope they want more out of life than that because yeah, you can spend your weekend doing a lot of fun stuff, and that's great. You can spend your weekend um, pursuing money and pursuing popularity. Yes, you can do that. You can also pursue your weekend pursuing. You can also fill your weekend pursuing God, right? And, and you were made for that, and I hope, hope young people don't settle for less than that. Um, and, and, and so what you need in this world, right, in the midst of all the chaos and the confusion and the plurality, is you probably want something solid. You want truth. And that's why I really love the name of the conference, the fullness of truth, Amen. because it's something solid to stand on. And the church has handed that on for 2000 years and has the fullness of it. But don't you want something solid to stand on? And you see that in the culture right now, it's just eating itself alive, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of what marriage is and what being a man and a woman means, right? And all those things are so confusing um, and constantly changing because they're not on anything solid, right? And, and so that would be my, my hope for young people is, is to come stand on something solid, come find, come find truth. Um, and along with that, it's going to be a lot of fun. I mean, the speakers there are going to be great to listen to. They always do a good job at the Fullness Truth Conference. And I will say the conference we're, the, the concert we're doing Friday night, um, I, I work really hard to make it as entertaining as possible from start to finish. I think sometimes people will hear like a priest playing music and they assume I'm going to be singing chants or like doing praise and worship or something, which is great. And we do that sometimes, but this concert really is entertainment. So it's a lot of uh, hopefully really funny, entertaining stuff about priestly life, about what it means for young priests, about being a Catholic in today's world. Um, we really just try to make it a good time from start to finish um, for, for something good and for good people. Amen. Dr. David Michael, you talked a lot and I, I follow you. or doctor. I'm sorry. I'm like, man, I've been calling you the wrong thing. <laughs> no, I'm, I have my head. I, I'm just, I'm in awe, Father David Michael. And I won't call you Father David Michael Moses because then, you know, I don't want to see a 141 year old man walking through the door. <laughs> but you talk a lot and you promote pro life so well and so much as a young man and as a young adult here in our community. And um, you talked about broken families and, you know, all we've been promoting this a lot as a family event. But can you talk to the listeners out there who are from broken families, who may not have that relationship you had with your mom 
um, or they don't have a relationship at all with their parents. Uh, can you talk to them about why an event like this is for you also? Yeah, yeah. Well, first I would say um, this always strikes me so much that you look at like, you look at the Christmas story, right? Mary and Jesus and Joseph. It's really the story of a young girl who is, who is now pregnant out of wedlock, right? And it's complicated. I mean, that situation is very complicated. And then you have a young man who's thinking about divorcing this, this girl, right? Because mm-hmm. he's pregnant out of wedlock. And uh, that's a complicated situation. Then they have this baby in a stable, and they've got to now go to Egypt because somebody wants to kill the baby. Such a complicated situation. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a reason why Jesus came into, maybe it wasn't a broken family, but it was a very complicated family situation, sure. right? And yeah. what that means, I think, for you is like, for anyone in a broken family, broken relationship, whatever it might be, it's like, if it's complicated, well, Jesus gets complicated because his, his beginning in this world was extremely complicated. And, and he, what did he do with the Holy Family, right? He, he took them from a very complicated situation and, and made them exactly that, Holy, holy Family. Mm-hmm. And so just to say, like, just because your family's complicated doesn't mean it can't be holy. And, and, and I think there's a lot of hope there in terms of what the Lord wants to do and wants to redeem. And to add on, add on to that, you know, with the, with the conference, um, even if your biological family is a little bit, is a little bit broken, you do have a church family, right, that it's important for you to lean on. There's a reason, it's one of the greatest joys of my life, there's a reason we call priest father. And for me to be called father is so, is so beautiful. Um, and, and it says exactly what the relationship the church wants me to have um, with the laity. It's a father, a father relationship. And, and so for people to know, hey, you have a lot of spiritual fathers with you. I'm sure there will be some sisters there too, right? You've got a lot of <laughs> spiritual sisters there with you too, right? This whole, this whole family, um, the family of God wants to be there for you. And a really great way is to connect um, through a conference like this, right? Because ultimately it's about community. Um, and again, it might be tough to put yourself out there to come. Maybe you don't know a lot of people, um, but to kind of take that, that, that step of faith outside the boat and to see what the Lord can do with that investment, um, I think it's definitely worth, worth the effort. Amen. Uh, now, Father, um, we, it wouldn't be proper you know, to, to be on the program today on the solemnity uh, of the assumption of our blessed uh, mother without talking about uh, and touching on uh, the, the assumption itself. Um, you know, you mentioned, um, you know, in, you know, at the Annunciation, uh, you know, she's, you know, she was, you know, going to have uh, this, you know, the, this child, uh, you know, God's son, right? And it, it made for a difficult situation. But, you know, uh, and I hate to say it like this, but we fast forward through uh, the, the Gospels and we fast forward through uh, the life of Christ and we get to, you know, where Mary is at the foot of the cross. Uh, and then, you know, she, she has to witness her own son being, you know, murdered in the most gruesome of ways. Um, and he comes back, he, he, you know, takes his, his rightful place there at the right hand of the father. And now we have Mary, right? Left behind. But even at what the, you know, the, the Eastern church calls her dormition, she, you know, this falling asleep. What does that sign mean for us? Um, as we make our way through this thing and this journey that we call life, you know, what's, what's that sign of hope that the assumption gives for us? Yeah. Yeah. Well, in a lot of ways, similar with the Ascension, that Mary has made a way for us to heaven, right? And for so many of us, that's only a spiritual reality, right? The person's body, the body dies and the soul goes on to heaven. But the beauty of, of yeah, the Assumption, as you mentioned, Mary goes into dormition and she now assumes into heaven body and soul. We see that, and so we can see, okay, she's, 
she's, she's making a way for us, right? Making a way for us. And, uh, again, she's made a way from us from that moment. Like you mentioned at the Annunciation. and I think I joke with people, you know, um, so often in our lives, we kind of feel like we're not sure where to go and what to do because we're not sure who to talk to because our situation is so unique. Right. And for Mary, you know, an angel telling her she's going to be the mother of God, it would have been kind of crazy for her to be like, well, I need to talk to someone who's done this before. You know, it's like, <laughs> no, Mary, you're the first. You know, you're going to have to make a way here. But that's the beauty. In a lot of ways, she was the first going ahead of us um, that we can now follow. We can now follow behind. And uh, there's, a, there's a quote my mom actually taught me. Um, it's a prayer. You, O oh Lord, who have prepared a place for my soul, prepare my soul for that place. You, O oh Lord, who have prepared a place for my soul, prepare my soul for that place. Amen. And so it, similarly, in some ways, like Mary has gone with Jesus to prepare a place for us in heaven, right? And we've seen that through the assumption, you know, visually, she, she, comes, she goes to prepare a place for us. Yeah. And now she's spending her time there preparing us for that place. So that's the call is for us to be, you know, generous in responding to that preparation she's offering us to be with us, um, to be with us in heaven. Um, and then lastly to say, you know, she assumes into heaven, right. And she's crowned the, the queen of the queen of heaven, yeah. right. The mother of God, the queen of heaven. And I think of a quote from Jose Maria Scriva. He says on your own, it was so difficult, you know, kind of referencing whatever on your own, it was so difficult, but with Mary, how easy. Mm. And, and I love that, that Mary, Mary takes our prayers and is able to, to do things that never would have been possible on her own, right? And why is that? Well, because she's, she's the queen of heaven, right? Like, she's, she's got some authority up there. <laughs> she can move some weight and make some stuff happen that if you're trying to do it by yourself, it'll be hard. But if you do it with Mary, how easy it can be um, because she's up there, up there praying for all of us. You know, uh, let, let me ask you something also, uh, you know, Father. Um, you know, when I think about the Assumption, I, I can't help but think, of course, of the, uh, the, the fourth, you know, glorious mystery. Um, and the fruit of that mystery is, of course, the grace of a happy death. How does meditating on, you know, Mary's Assumption, uh, you know, help us, you know, in, in preparing for that, you know, that, that happy death? Can you explain first, what is a happy death? Yeah, oh gosh, that's a, I love that question. Um, I think a happy death is a death in the state of, in the state of grace, honestly, in a state of grace, having done what the Lord asked you to do. Um, and, and I think uh, I would actually pair with that, you know, the prayer of a happy death. A lot of the saints actually prayed against a sudden death, right? Because they wanted to be able to prepare for that. And often, you know, we'll make jokes like, man, that's the way to go because it was so quick and sudden. And actually, a lot of the saints would say, like, I don't know if a painless death that was quick is the best thing. Maybe it's something that I can, I can be prepared for would be the ideal, right? So I think in a lot of ways, a happy death, is that something that maybe you can be prepared for to receive the sacraments, to be in a state of grace? And again, Mary's the model for us because she was without sin, right? And so that happy death was one that was <laughs> hell Mary full of grace, right? As much, right. As much in a state of grace as anyone could be. Right. Um, and that's what the hope of us is to die and to die in that grace as well. And every time these say, we say the Hail Mary, pray person is now and at the hour of our death. Um, that's, that's a great prayer because you kind of get a double whammy out of it. You're getting Mary's <laughs> prayer now for you. And then hopefully every Hail Mary you've ever prayed will come back to you in that final moment. Um, and that every Hail Mary you've prayed, Mary will now use for you in that moment at the hour of your death um, to call you to, to her son. 
Amen. Yes, and so the the theme, right, uh, Father, is heaven's strategy for spiritual warfare. I'd like to. I know a lot of listeners would like to know as well. What's in your What's in your uh, arena as far as the spiritual warfare is concerned? What can you tell our listeners as to what tools to put into their spiritual warfare chest? Yes, yes. We're talking of you know Fatima, right? Prayer, mm-hmm. penance, reparation. Um, these are the things I mean, our, our Lady calls for. Um, and spiritual warfare is. I mean, it's real. I knew it was real before I was a priest, right. and as a priest, I Amen. see it so much now. Um, and you get it when people ask you for house blessings, the stuff that they're seeing in their homes, um, the experiences that they describe. And I'll just say kind of this is an aside. I was talking to a lady recently, and um, she had a friend of hers who was down, I think down in New Orleans, and just went to like a fortune teller just mm-hmm. to kind of have fun. And she said she was so, like her life for months after that was so dark. Until she started coming back to the faith and is actually going through a real conversion right now. And the problem with these things, when we tell kids, hey, stay away from horoscopes, cards, Ouija boards. boards. Mm -hmm. The problem with that stuff is not that it's fake and it's not from God. The problem is that it's real and it's not from God. I mean, that's the problem is that the spiritual realm is absolutely real. Mm -hmm. And this really is a fight for a fight for souls right now. And, um, so I think the more we're in tune with that, the better we're going to be. Um, always we go back first to the sacraments, right? Confession, um, regularly, right? That's different for different people, but every month or two is probably really solid. Um, that's huge, especially for a priest, right? To be making a regular confession. Um, the Eucharist, at least on Sundays, I really encourage, you know, daily mass as much as possible. That'll really change your life. Um, then the rosary, as we're talking about, and praying one rosary, it can be really hard, great thing to do one set of mysteries. But if you can do some more than that, pray two, three, four, you know, mm-hmm. I think that's great. Um, I think that can help someone, especially going through a really difficult time, to maybe pray the entire set of, of, of the mysteries, all four sets. Um, and then I'm, I'm huge on the brown scapular, too. I think, you know, our promise, the, the promises from Our Lady on those are just so, so solid. To write a brown scapular is such a good thing to do. Um, and then to add to that, to have somebody that you talk to about your spiritual life, yeah. you know, even if it's just a good friend to bring things to the light is a huge help in spiritual warfare. Amen. And father, uh, you know, we've got just a few minutes left, uh, in our conversation and it has been great. Uh, I want to ask you, um, again, on this solemnity of the assumption of the blessed Virgin Mary, um, uh, for someone who doesn't quite have that relationship with the, with the Holy mother, um, you know, what are some practical ways, you know, you, you kind of alluded to some of those, uh, maybe praying a, a decade, but what, what are some ways that, uh, maybe for you when, when you were, you know, f- feeling this, this growing, uh, you know, love for, for Our Lady, you know, what would you suggest? Yeah, yeah. So for me, I mean, personally, I started praying the Memorari whenever I got in the car. Because mm-hmm. um, driving around our cars is one of the most, one of the more dangerous things we probably do on a yeah. daily basis. And my, my mom told me about a group of sisters who always prayed the Memorari. So I started doing that um, whenever I got in the car. And that was a nice way of just kind of staying in tune with Mary. Um, the rosary, and I guess I would say this, like for someone maybe kind of just getting their relationship with Mary, like I said, to, to really see her as a mother, practically think about your own relationship with your own mother. Yeah. Hopefully it was a positive one. Um, if she wants to be for you there in, in that way too, and, and you don't have to understand all the theological nuances right. of it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's okay to just start, start talking to your mom, you know, a, a young baby talking to their mom, learning to speak doesn't understand biologically what it means to have a mom and what that meant and what, you know, birth meant or the womb meant, but a baby just sees that this is someone here who cares for me. So 
So you don't need to understand all the perfect dogmas about Mary or the assumption perfectly. Just start talking to your mom. Amen. And there's just so many witnesses from people about about the rosary that I would I would say that would be the way to go. Just start praying it. Just start praying it and just see what Mary can do. Amen. Amen. Well, Father, I look forward uh, and encourage everyone to register for the Fullness of Truth Conference taking place again here in San Antonio, August 19th through the 21st. Uh, that opening night, you know, Father's going to be performing, um, you know, a, a concert. Uh, how long uh, is, is that concert going to be, Father? I'm excited. It'll probably be an hour, 15, hour and 30 minutes. Yeah. Excellent. So we, we keep it moving. No, that that sounds awesome. Uh, we're excited to to be out there uh, and and meet you in person. Uh, and before uh, you know, but before we we close out, would you uh, you know would, would you lead us in prayer and uh, you know impart God's blessing upon all of us and all of our listeners? Of course, let's pray in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for the gift of this day, the gift of this this time together, the gift of the Catholic community, and all the ways in which. We're able to nurture each other on our journey toward you. Give you thanks especially for the gift of, uh, of your Heavenly Mother, the fact that she is our mother as well, the example that she set for her prayers, for her comfort. We ask that you continue to bless um, this radio network, all the good work that they do, all the hosts, all the employees involved in making this wonderful ministry happen. They continue to multiply their efforts through Mary's prayers. We ask that you be with all of the listeners. They will open their hearts to receive the, the word that you speak to them and to respond generously. Especially pray for all those who will be coming to the concert, coming to the, the Fullness of Truth Conference, that they will be strengthened in their call to holiness, that they will do everything that you ask of them in this life, and then live with you forever in the life to come. And in the position of my hands, intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary and all the saints, Almighty God bless and keep all of you the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. God bless you, Father. And again, thanks for spending the time with us. Folks, don't, uh, you know, don't miss another episode next Monday at 12 p.m. God bless you. Your connection to our treasured Catholic faith all day, every day. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Do you have a broken rosary? Do you have worn or broken scapulars? Do you have any blessed items that you don't know how to dispose of? At the upcoming San Antonio Family Association Dove Hunt Fundraiser on September 5th, we will properly dispose of your blessed and holy articles. If you have any blessed items that you'd like to properly discard, please drop them off here at the office at 3522 Paisanos Parkway, Suite 104. Thank you and God bless you. Clark Cardas, colon and rectal surgeon and fellow in the American College of Surgeons, is proud to be a sponsor of the great Catholic programming on KJMA. He's a member of Catholic Charities Medical Advisory Board and Catholic Physicians Guild of San Antonio and provides care for colon cancer, diverticulitis, Crohn's disease, ulcerative colitis, and those embarrassing lumps, bumps, aches, and pains. For more information on his offices in the Medical Center, Westover Hills, or Stone Oak, please call 210-614-0880. Fullness of Truth invites you to their 16th annual Summer Catholic Family Conference, August 19th through the 21st at the beautiful Hyatt Regency Hill Country Resort and Spa in San Antonio. Come see some amazing speakers such as Deacon Harold, Burke Sivers, Jeanette Williams, and much more. Also, be sure to purchase your tickets for the Friday Family Fun Night featuring a live concert with Father David Michael Moses. Purchase your tickets now. Visit fullnessoftruth.org or call 877-218-7884. 
Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. In your view, was the Virgin Mary simply an obedient woman who willingly gave biological and maternal matter to Jesus and therefore has been given undue adoration? So here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, the Bible. The Virgin Mary is in the first book of the Bible, the last book of the Bible, all through the Gospels and close to 15 other typologies throughout Scripture. Secondly, the Ark of the Covenant. It was the most revered object in the history of the children of Israel. That ark carried the presence of God. Well, goodness, the Virgin Mary did not just carry the presence of God, she carried God himself. Thirdly, something to think on. If God is a father, he is, and we are known as his children, we are, and the body of Christ are called brothers and sisters, they are, wouldn't God provide a mother for his church? He did. So here's an idea. Ask a wartime veteran who soldiers cry out for in a moment of fear. That's right, their mother. Mother Mary, pray for us. This is KJMA 89.7 FM, Floresville, San Antonio. Also streaming the truth to the world at grnonline.com. It's food for the immortal soul, all day and all night.